right, you're checking out the No Red Cards Podcast. My name is Roger Sosa, and on the other side, you got my man, Manny B. What's up, Manny? Man, you're excited like we've been here doing this week to week, back to back, and we've been out for a couple of weeks now, I think a month maybe. It's because I miss you, bro. That's what it is, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's, you know, it's been a minute, man, since uh, our last uh, podcast. It has, and, and, and I'll take full blame for that. The studio went down, my AC went out, and it's still it's not very cool in here still, but... I was going to blame you anyways. Even I you know you were. It. That's why I took the blame already. I was like, <laughs> fuck it, I'm going to take the blame. And then I go visit my son in the Bay, because he's up in California in school, and they fucking stole everything from us. My backpack. So it is true what they say. When you go to the Bay, lock your shit up, carry your backpacks with you, because we were in the pier, parked the car 15 minutes. Next thing you know it, I have, we're having lunch. I'm getting alerts. Saying you have fraud, you have fraud. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Go out to the car, broke the back windshield, man, they took everything. Dang. So, had to regroup, had to save up and get more things, but now we're back. Yes, that's the, that's the best part. We're back, and uh, thank you guys for subscribing. We've, got a, we've been getting tons of emails yes. and messages. Hey, when are you guys in the next show, the next yeah. show? And for we're sure. excited about this week's show, but before that, I mean, what, what's, what's up with you? What you guys got going on? Oh, man, you know, we've got quite a bit of uh, things going on, man. You know, ever since uh, our, loud pa- uh, our last podcast, you know, uh, on the Gambit side, man, you know, we've got, uh, we open a facility, Next Level Performance, uh, you know, where it's uh, uh, turf, AC, you know, we had some bookings, you know, um, including our guests, you know, who've got, you know, took some, you know, time when it was scorching hot this past summer. Uh, so we're still in the middle. So can we say no red card podcast is sponsored by? Sure. Let's go ahead. You know what? Well, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Send us the invoice, bro. Yes. <laughs> no, but, you know, next level performance, you know, we, we, we launched that. It's just a platform for uh, coaches, you know, for teams to go out there and practice, not just to have sessions, but, you know, the trainers, you know, private sessions and all that good stuff. So we're about to launch a 4v4 tournament. Uh, we're going to get some leagues going and whatnot, you know, from five-year-olds all the way to 15-year-olds. Which so. is probably a perfect time because you have winter right around the corner right. and you can't practice outside. So people are going to be looking for a place to go indoors. So uh, yeah. what's, what's it called again? Next Level Performance. Next Level Performance. You guys look it up on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, if you're a coach or you're a parent, you guys are looking for a place to practice, go see them. Yeah, man. And we also uh, purchased a uh, brand new Sprinter van, uh, 15 passenger with the extra cargo, the big ones, double axle. Um, you know, because a lot of teams in the regional leagues, a lot of teams that travel, you know, tournaments, whether it's just within here, Texas or go, you know, we're renting it out to teams. Oh, you can just uh, rent it. And, yeah. And go. Unlimited miles. Uh, you know, just call us up. And if you get it for more than three days, we'll actually put your team logo on the side. That way you can show up with the drip, you know, with the van, your logo on the side. We'll put it on the side. You know, if you get it for three or more days. So, you know, we're just here. Is that complimentary? The, uh. Magnix yes, the, it's not Magnix, it's, it's a decal that it's we'll like put on there. Martinez's lawn service is just a magnet that goes in the door. No, or? no, no magnets, bro. It's a big ass logo on the side of the Don't. van, both sides. You I know, you so just jump on that, yeah. Yeah, people always do follow each other going to Oklahoma or Kansas for a tournament. It's like everybody follow each other and go, right? Correct, it's, man. You know, so we've, we've done that, and then we also launched another part of our business, and where again, the regional leagues, right? Uh, because a lot of these coaches, directors count on their parents, right. And sometimes the parents either drink the night before, the early games, they don't make it. They're like, ah, we're not getting paid anyways. So these regional teams got a host, right? right? So what we're doing is setting up their tents, their water stations, you know, the golf cart, walkie-talkies. So it's a resource that they can use us where we go out there and do all the setup for you. Of course, it costs you money, but you no longer have to worry of 
these parents not showing up and being undependable, right? right? With us, it's a paid service. We come out, we set up your tents, we house them in our warehouse, and we'll just go out there and set up golf cart, walkie-talkies, the whole works, man. And we drop it off, cool, there you go. Uh, you know, drama-free, that you look good as a club. So those are three things that we just launched, man, that I'm pretty excited about. And where people can, where do they go to find all this info for all that? Yes, go to the Gambit Sports Group. Gambit. .com. Yeah, gambitsportsgroup.com. You know, all the information is there and then you can, you know, call us, email us. And, but yeah, man, we're here just trying to provide resources for, you know, everybody here. Since Next Gen comes around, a lot of the out-of-town teams always ask us where they can rent vans or just those kind of resources. So that's what we're doing, man. And just and I want to thank Gambit Sports for a proud sponsor of No Red Cards Podcast. Damn, I just promoted. I just plugged three <laughs> things, man. That's gonna be three invoices, I'm bro. Charge <laughs> this is No Red Cards Podcast, and thank you guys for joining us again. We've been out for a little bit, but man, this week we're excited about our guest, man. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm pretty excited about this dude. You know, he's uh, he's been he's here from the market. Uh, he's here from Dallas, born and raised here, and you know. He had a professional career, and uh, not too long ago, he was a uh, part of uh, good old Clint Dempsey's uh, little tournament out there. As I don't know if you remember the drama that happened of uh, somebody got kicked out yeah, uh, for, just, for causing some shit. They use some He's words. the first person that I got, uh, that I hit up and be like, bro, why are you oh, out there causing shit? He's like, that wasn't me, fool. <laughs> you ain't in Oak Cliff, dog. You can't talk like that, dude. They don't understand. Right, right. You know, so this dude's been making a lot of noise. You know, uh, you know he's, he's, he's got his own academy. And uh, it's a second time around having his own club. And with this one, you know, he's, he's creating some ballers. He's developing some ballers. And, you know, he's, like I said, he's played professionally. And, uh, you know, like to welcome, you know, from uh, uh, Supra, uh, Jose Burciaga Jr., man. What's up, bro? Welcome. Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh, thanks claps. for having me. Fake clap, fake clap. Thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Roger, how, back, how far we go back? Oh, man, we go back. You know, he's been... He's been one of those guys, man, that has supported, you know, the turn back from the ESPN days, man, when he had Wizards, because he used to have the Wizards back in the day, you know, I mean, and we'll get into why he, the name Wizards came about, you know, because that's one of the teams he played for professionally back in the day, but, you know, we go back, man, and he's, uh, he continues to support, and I continue to support what he has going on as well, man, you know, so thank you for taking the time, bro, I know it was a, a drive where we're at, he, he thinks we're going to jump him after this, you know, <laughs> You know, but well, I mean, I'm pulling up to a dark street. I mean, <laughs> what else are you gonna think? You so, know, I mean, when you're from the hood, you know, something's gonna come up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and speaking of the hood, you you actually went to um, Duncanville High School, right? You, <clears throat> yes. That, that's that's where you came out of. So we just want to talk a little bit about uh, you know where actually you know Duncanville, where you you know got raised, what got you in soccer, at what age, you know, the clubs here that you played for here locally. Um, you know, because I'm sure you're going to agree, youth soccer is completely different than when it was when you were coming up in the game than it is today because now you live and breathe it here in North Texas soccer. And I always tell people, shit, North Texas soccer is a damn reality show. Every day when you're out there on the pitch, you it know, really from, from parents yeah. to the politics to everything, right? Because you say the wrong thing, you end up blasted on the forums. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, your kid misbehaves and says, calls another kid something, you're on the forums. They blast you. So let's start from the very beginning, man. Who Jose Burciaga Jr. is, you know, what got you going, what motivated you, man, and all that good stuff, bro. Well, I'm from Oak Cliff, so right. 
born and raised there. Uh, started soccer about eight and eight years old. Uh, the, the person that got me into soccer was my dad. Um, used to go to his games all the time. He was a goalie. I wanted to be a goalie. He said, "Nope, it's not going to happen." So, and I played at Keys Park. Okay. That's, that's where it started for me. You know, Oak Cliff Keys Park. Oak Cliff Soccer Association. Back then, that's all we had, you know. So for, for the us, heart of Oak Cliff, Keys Park, yeah, you know, and the leagues were good. I mean, even for rec soccer back then, it was you know soccer was wasn't as big as it is today. So you know, it started there, and um, I remember the story that uh, my dad tells my kids is ah, your dad kept bugging me week in week out. Dad, find me a team, find me a team, and you know he finally finds me a team, and you know what am I doing my, my first week of practice? I'm I'm playing with the dirt, creating holes. And it's like, dude, I didn't bring you out here to, I didn't sign you up for soccer to, to do that. Well, then he just said that after that. And I was the worst player on my team. That's the one thing that people don't believe. People think that I was just gifted. I mean, yeah, I might have been a little bit, but I think a lot of it had to do that I was just a hard worker. Okay. So, you know, and then my dad just said one day, just everything just clicked, you know. I scored a goal, and he said, "Ever since then, it's just you just it just turned on for you." Do you remember how old you were when that happened? I was probably like nine, nine years old. So, and then you know he met a friend of uh, uh, a friend that he knew that I'm actually well, his son Mark Vega, who's a good friend of mine. He's like my big brother. I'm, you know, his dad told my dad, "Say, hey man, you need to take him up north. You know, try him out with another league." And back then, that's when Classic League was. So, uh, went up there, tried out for Dallas Center. Back okay. then it was Dallas Center. Played for Jimmy Milia. Um, played there for like two years. Uh, Dallas Center was uh, Molina, Aaron Gordon, and those guys, right? Didn't I they have something to do with Gordon it? Aaron Gordon was there. Yeah. I don't know about Molina. I think, okay. was, I think Molina came in after I okay. left. Okay. But Jimmy Milia was my coach. Okay. It, back then it was only a lot of English guys. Okay. So, um, I played there, and then we were pretty good, and then I, we ran into Texans, and Hassan, you know, right. saw me play for the first time, was against his team, and we beat him, and it was State Cup, because they were like the team, you right. know, they were really good, they were killing everybody, and we hadn't faced them until State Cup, well, we beat them in State Cup, and we ended up going, winning State Cup and going off to regional regional camp and Hassan was after me for like two years come on come on come on. and then I was the type that I didn't want to move I was happy where I was at I didn't look at what the next thing because to me it wasn't about that to me it was just I just wanted to play you know it wasn't about trying to play on the best team but you know at some point you just get frustrated you know you you, you grow as a player but then not the rest of the team so then they rely too much on you so then it started becoming to where I wasn't happy a lot you know it's like Frustrated because teams were double teaming me, triple teaming me. So they were, there was there was a scheme around what they had to do because everybody knew that the, all they, all we had was me, you know. So um, then has, I finally made the jump with Hassan, and I think that was probably one of the best things, one of the best decisions early on in my youth that um, that helped me, um, and he helped me with the aspect of the discipline, you know, because you know La Raza, you know. We come whenever we want, and we think it's, you know, 30 minutes, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. And, you know, it's, it was a learning thing for my dad, too, you know. So we were both learning at the same time. And, 
you know, he started figuring it out. Well, shit, you know, you're, you're not starting, you're not playing when you should be. Oh, it's because you're late. Well, then he started getting it, and we were never late again. So it's one of those where it just started, you know, progressing. And the team that I played on, we were really, really good. So you, you <clears throat> mentioned you show up late. Some parents really don't, don't understand the, the part of being responsible and for the kid to, be, to learn from a coach and, and, and play as a team, right? What do you tell from your learning experience? What do you tell those other parents out there? It's like, hey, you're not a practice. The kid's not going to get to the level where he needs to be. Well, I mean, they're not. I mean, it's, it's you got to practice. I mean, obviously you got to practice, but you also the people don't realize that sports are, are a way to teach kids to be disciplined, the team aspect, you know, accountability. You know, like I tell my kids and my parents, is I'm not te- I'm not I'm not building soccer players. I'm building student athletes, student athletes to be ready for the for the real world. You know, we're, they're going to be faced with adversity. They're going to be faced with ups and downs and lows and highs and, you know, everything in between. And if, we, if, I can, if I can, with my program, teach you all that discipline, character, you know, on and off the field, you know, and hard work, dedication, you know, all those, all those things that come together for, for, for a player, you know. And, and for me, it's... I still have kids from my Wizards club that still call me. And they're like, Coach, thank you. And, and it's, sometimes it's just a thank you, you know, and it's, and, it's, and it's great because I had that much of an impact on them now that they're adults and they have their own kids and, you know, they're, 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 they're young men, you know, and, and they still know that my door's always open, my telephone's always going to be available for them, you know. So it's, it's about that, you know. For me, it's, it's, it's teaching these young men, young ladies that there's more to life than just winning a game on Saturday and Sunday. You know, it's, it's a process, you, you know, and no, nobody wants to delay gratification. You know, everybody wants it now and why not now? And then they face with some other type of adversity. They don't understand that I didn't get to where I didn't get from A to Z because I jumped from A all the way to Z. I, I had to go through the process and I had to put in countless hours in, you know, from, you know, playing with my team and training with my team, but also playing outside of my teams. So, so with that being said, it's, it's how much do you really love the sport? Are you doing the sport because mommy and daddy want you to do it? Or are you doing the sport because you really want it? And for me as a kid, I've always, that's all I wanted. I, all I wanted was soccer. That's a, that's pretty much what I wanted to do. So you're with the Texans, and 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 Asan is a very respected guy because he's <clears throat> been here. You know, one of the true icons of, of youth soccer here in Dallas Fort Worth. What was he teaching you that made you say, you know what, I love this, and I want to continue this, and make it a career for myself, and try to get as far as I, I think. Can? I think when I was uh, like 14, 15, he told me, and it was like he was the first one to tell me. But you know, obviously, when you're 14 and 15, and coming from the hood where I'm from. We don't believe in things like that. You know, if somebody tells you, hey, you got the capabilities of making it. And that was the first thing that he told me at 15 years old, that you're going to make it. And, and I'm just like, you know, me as a 15-year-old, I was like, okay, thank you. But, you know, it's not one of those, it's one of those where I don't believe it until I see it type things. Right. You know, and as a kid, and especially when, 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 you're, when, you, when you are from where I'm from, you know, you don't see things. Things like that don't happen to us. You know what I mean? So... So it was, it was actually great to, to, to hear it, you know, but, but at the same time, it's like, okay, 
now let's go. Like it's, it's, it's a little extra motivation, you know, and, and for me it was simple. It's just, you tell me to go, let's go run, we're going to go run. If you tell me we're going to go play, let's go play. Like for me it was simple. It was that simple. You know, so, and people want to make the game more than what it really is. Soccer is a simple sport. You know, it's the one thing I, I try to teach my son. The game is simple. Effort takes zero. Yeah. Zero. It's zero talent takes for you to put effort. For you to run and, and work hard for your teammates and be a great teammate, that's effortless. Like, that should be, that doesn't take, that doesn't require talent, you know? So for me, it's helping him understand that, you know, at such a young age, you know, and he understands it. Like, the work ethic, he knows that, hey, if you want to get to where you want to get, we got we to gotta put in you got to put in the work, you know, because you don't, you don't get better just by going Tuesday, Thursday to practice mm-hmm. and then one or two games on the weekend. You know, everybody knows that, you know, and the games evolved from when I was a kid to now. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, the, no, the, for sure. The, the, the talent pool of kids now, it's huge. Back then it was small. So, like, and that's one of the main things, you know, that's always discussed here in North, not just North Texas, but basically in youth soccer, right? So back then, were you as a scholarship player or was your dad having to, you know, pay for you to play competitively? That you can recall. My parents had to, so I remember uh, back then you could go work at the tents during tournaments, right, and sell T-shirts, and you would get paid. So if my mother and I went, we got paid times two. And they never gave us the money. It directly went into my account for, for to pay whatever fees. expenses and fees that I needed to. And that was just a, a way of my parents. That was because it was a household of five, and it was me and my two sisters. So, you know, my parents just barely had enough uh money to make ends meet because of we were going to a private school as well at the same time. So um, that, you know, it was just us every weekend. They would find it. They would tell my mom, hey, we got these two tournaments. And in between my games, my mom and I would go to the tent and go work. Okay. So it, it's, it's one of those, you find a will, you're going to find yeah, yeah, the result. Yeah, for sure, you know for me? sure. So you, you mentioned at 14, 15, you know, Hassan, Taught you a lesson, right? You know, wh- how far did you play for Dallas Texans? And was that your only competitive club that you played for? Back then, so I finished. I, so when I went to Hassan, I stayed with Hassan all the way up until I graduated. Okay. Um, and that team that I played on, we were, we were it was a brotherhood. <coughs> so we, we, we were all close. And actually, to this day, we still, still have a, a group chat of all of us. Right. Not all, not the whole team, but obviously like half of the team, and we still, you know, talk about, you know, good old days, good old days, and <laughs> you know we're a little older now with kids and married and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a special group. I mean, um, and Hassan even, and you can ask anybody. People can say that it's going to be their team, but Hassan's best team was the '82 Texans. And that was your squad. Which, which, was, which was our team, and you can ask him. And I've even asked him myself, and he said, yeah. 
Okay. What were some of those highlights of that uh, of that squad? Was it Dallas Cup? Was it uh, Dallas Cup at U twelve uh, State Cup? Every year we played State Cup one year playing up, and we won it and we made it. So it was, I think at U twelve. You only play State Cup. There was no regional. So there's like, Hassan's like, well, he had a meeting. He's like, well, I know the boys can play you uh, play up a year. So we played up a year. We're like, if we win, we go. If we lose, it's okay. Because if we won State Cup at, at our age group, there was no regionals. So we, we wanted to go to regionals. So we, we played in that one. And we, we, we won. And we played some of the top, you know, 81 teams at that time. Um, then we went to regionals. Um, we played our, we lost our first game. We managed to get out of group, right? And we made it to the finals and we won, uh, and beat, uh, a Georgia team that was like number one in the, in the state of Georgia. And we beat them in PKs. Then we go to nationals that year. So, you know, we went to nationals, you know, and so we went up there and, you know, obviously we placed, placed fourth. Now nationals a whole, whole different ball game, you know, those top three teams. And back then it was, I think the, the system is a little bit different now, but back then you would play, the four, the four top teams would play from each region, right? And then so you played a semifinal, and if you lost, that was it. So if you lost, then you would play for third place. And we placed fourth that year. And then the following year, we won it, went to nationals, but we placed, I think, third. So... Um, but with all that, you get exposure. Yeah. Right. So back then it was, uh, you know, obviously back then it was state cup was bigger. I think state team was bigger. So then you, you know, I was on the region. I got called up to the regional team. I made the regional team, made a, went to a couple of trips. My first trip, I think was, uh, 15 years old when I went to Spain and we went to play, uh, abroad and it was one of the best. That's when I knew like, this is what I want to do. Like, you know, this is what I want to do. And so, and then obviously with that, you get looks at the national team, you know? And uh, I remember the one camp, I think it was like 16, 17. No, I was younger. So I was 14 years old, 15 or 14. And I was the youngest one that got called up with the U-17s at that time. They were getting ready to go to world championships. Well, I got called up to the last three camps. So I went from Alabama straight into camp with them. And I was on the verge of making the team, and I was one of the last two guys, and they'd have taken somebody else. But obviously, because they, they, they said, hey, you're younger, we're going to take the older guy, which for me was a great experience. You know, I mean, getting, getting a chance to represent your country, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a blessing in itself. What was that conversation like at home with your parents? Your dad is like, hey, when that opportunity opened up for you, what was that conversation like? Well, it was a conversation I had to make a phone call back home. So I was in, in Alabama for regional camp. So I was already there like uh, two weeks, two and a half weeks. And I'm like, dude, you're eating cafeteria food and you're like, you're just ready to get home. And then we get, and then I get, I get, so in regional, they do like this all-star game. They're like, hey, you're not going to play tonight. I'm like, Why not? And they're like, uh, uh, Richard Boot at the time and has, I don't know if Hassan was there, but Richard Boo was a director at that time, and he comes over and he's like, um, you've been called up. Called up to what? He's like, well, you're going to go with the, with the U-17s. They're in Florida. 
you leave tonight. So don't train. You're done. Get, you know, let your parents know you, you got a flight. You're going to head to Florida, you know. And so I called my parents. I'm like, hey, uh, got called up to the national team. You know, and back then, the day, my mom really didn't understand. Well, what is that? I'm like, mom, that's the... And this is you at what, 16, 17 years old? 14, 15. God. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I'm telling her this. And so then my dad's like, he starts explaining to her and telling her and all that. And he's like, well... What are you going to do? I was like, Mom, I'm leaving tonight. What do you mean? There's no, <laughs> yeah. they're not asking for your permission. Like, I'm leaving and I'm going. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, well, call us whenever you get there. And back then, there was no cell phones. Yeah, yeah. It's a pay phone. Right. Mm hmm. <laughs> you, you got enough quarters, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I guess, ma'am, I got, you know, I got enough quarters, whatever. So, and, and I went up there. And it was one of those where, like, mentally, I was drained, but then I get told that and I'm like, let's go. Like, and I went to Florida and, Played two games against Chile. That was like my first taste of international. I mean, outside of Dallas Cup, right. but like I mean, really taste of right. international. And I mean, it was it was it was so dope. I like I enjoyed every moment. Played in both games, and um, but obviously, you know, I got called into the next camp. Didn't make it, but you know, it's, it's I learned from it. You right. know, it, it helped me grow as a player. It helped me see what those other kids from a different country were doing. That different from us you know how important do you think that is for <clears throat> let's say your club now supra to actually get the opportunity to go play against other countries to see their style of play and experience for those boys how, how important that is for i think it's very important i think you know whether it's whether it's state to state or whether it's international level i think it's i think uh, i think for play young, young players to get that taste is is good like i think it's 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 great i mean and obviously uh, I talk to Roger about this a lot. Is I tell him for his tournaments, bring them all. Like I want to play. I want to play the best. Like I don't want to. I don't hide from nobody. I don't want to hide from nobody because to me it's okay. Where 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 are my boys at? Where do they where do they where do I see them in, with the top competition? And where do I feel that we need to work? For me, it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge that I don't like. I don't back down from, and I never have. So for me, it's. It's let's go. Like I want to see what the, my boys are about, you know. And if we can put them at this type of competition at such a young age, I mean, I think they're going to grow. It's only going to make them better, you know. So for me, the the more they can they can get taste of that, the better. So you're sitting in Chile as a 15, 16 year old, and I think a lot of professional athletes say this is along the way they kind of sometimes they get burnt out. Like I'm done with this. I'm tired of running. And they have that mental fight with themselves, right? Did you have that along the way? And if you did, how did, how did you overcome that? I don't, I don't think I had that until, like, later in my career when I was older. Um, probably Pre the, or after injury? After. Okay. Um, pre? Pre-injury? I was, when I did my second one, I was, I hated soccer. And that's one thing I tell people. I hated soccer. I didn't want to. When I blew, when I when I went from one knee injury, do the rehab, work, bust my ass in preseason, I get the starting spot, fourth game of the season, a year apart, in the same spot, not the same field, but the same spot where I tore my first one, I tore my second one, but the second one 
popped, and that one hurt more than this first one. And I remember the drive home. I called my mom crying. I don't want soccer. I hate soccer. I don't care if I'm, I don't play again. I'm, I'm done. You know? No, you know, don't, you know, we'll get through it, blah, blah, blah. And, and to this day, I credit my coach that drafted me, and I actually talked to him. Uh, he actually called me last, like last week. Um, and he called me just to check up. And I had, I had called him like a couple weeks before that, just checking in on him. Because um, I've done that. And, and I was telling him, I was like, I think about you. And I, you know, when I talk about my injuries and the, the, the adversity that I had to face at such a young age, you're the one that pulled me through. He goes, no, I, did. I didn't pull you through. You did that. I just helped you see what I saw in you as a young player. And he told me, you're going to go in. You're going to go home because I had my surgeries back here. And you're going to go home, get your surgery done, get, get in rehab again, and you're going to come back and prove everybody wrong the following year. Well, I got a little extra motivation because my, my, my oldest daughter was born that same year. So that, that fueled me even more. You know, and then I had a couple young guys that, uh, older veterans at the time that told me, he's like, dude, don't worry. Look at my knees. <laughs> I, got, I got two. And another guy's like, I got three. Smelling like Bang Day in the locker room. You, you, <laughs> you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're young. You're going to bounce back. You know? For so, people that don't know, how old were you when you got drafted and who drafted you? I was uh, 19 when I got drafted. Um, and I was drafted by uh, Kansas City Wizards. Uh, my head coach was uh, Bob Gansler, who was the head coach of the 1990 World Cup team. So, but what college did you go to? I did not go to college. Oh, you went straight from high school, basically, to professional? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, I had originally committed to go to Furman University. Okay. Um, but um, I didn't pass the clearinghouse back then. So... But, I mean, I was getting offers from SMU, Creighton, St. John's, UConn. I mean, some of the top uh, schools, uh, UNC. Yeah, D1 you know, schools. Yeah. All the D1 schools were, were, were coming. And I picked a small school because I, I just felt that that's what I needed for me to stay focused. And I liked it because it was a private school, and it was small, and it was a soccer school. Soccer was only D1 at the time. All the other sports were D2. And it was in Greenville, South Carolina. Clint Dempsey went to that school, too. Yeah. So, um, but I didn't pass the clearinghouse, my SATs and ACTs. and I only took it once, both Order. of them. Well, get this. <laughs> Guess, get, get what the NCAA told me. You didn't take enough tests for us to give you that one point. And I'm like, they realized that I had to save money to get that test, to pay for that test. My parents, we had to like, right, right. we couldn't pay for just a, every, a tutor or, you know, and like I'm book smart, I'm good. But it was when it comes to t certain tests, yeah. I'm not a good tester. Right. Um, so I'm a visual learner. Right. So, and so they wouldn't give it to me. But if I would have gone, and that, this is the other thing, if I would have gone to a bigger school, I would have got that point. That's what I found out later. So, as, as far as, like, your injuries, <clears throat> was it, did you get injured in high school or college? I mean, in, professionally. 
I ne- I was I never got hurt until I got until I, I turned pro. Okay, so that's when you got turned and you got the drafted by Kansas City. So in my first three years, I played eight games, two ACLs, and you going through rehab, and they're, they're, you start reading, you know. Breakout for two thousand. We're going into two thousand four now, so I'm already in my second. I'm already coming back preseason. National team calls me in, get my confidence back up, and get ready for preseason. So every preseason, I went in fit because I was always with the national team. Whether it was in December, or January, that's when we always met. So that's what kind of helped me get ready for preseason in two thousand four. And I remember the same thing my coach told me. In preseason, he told me when I got back from the national teams, how'd it go? Yes, it went well, you know, everything good. Yep, coach already called me, told me everything. Just need to work on this, this. Yes, sir. So, tells me at, uh, as we were stretching, he's like, I expect a big year out of you. He goes, and you're going to shut up everybody. He goes, and then you're going to play for your, your, your new contract. Because at the time, I was Nike Project 40, which is Adidas generation now. So I was already coming on my fourth year. So then that meant that because I got hurt my two years previously, and, uh, Kansas City said, yes, we're going to take, we're going to honor it. Because they can, they can d- dictate to say, because by the time I was already, what, 21 at the time? So the way that all that Adidas generation now and what Nike Project 40 is, they gave you four years. They gave me four years to make a senior roster. So basically, it doesn't count against the cap for the for the teams. It's kind of like being a redshirt freshman because you got hurt first tier, right? So going into that, I mean, I started all thirty-two games, and I played every single playoff minute, and scored my first goal in MLS Cup two thousand four, which was a banger. Yep. <laughs> we 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 saw the video. There's a, it's on YouTube. Yeah, talk talk to us about that that uh, MLS Cup. Oh man, it was a. Uh, it was in L.A. It was kind of weird because it was, and we all talk about it that we all played in it. It was like, it, and if you look at the logo for MLS Cup in '04, yeah, it it looked like it was DC colors, right? Because we played DC United in it, and so we're going in that year. The defensive unit at the squad, uh, our squad, we were we giving up 12 goals in 32 games, and that was including the playoffs. So we were a good team defensively. Um, and I played left back. So we, we went in this, like, we're going to beat, we're going to win. Well, I get, this thing was like the six minute early. I get a touch. I see space in front of me, which was like unheard of. Right. And I said, I take two big touches. And I said, man, I'm just going to rip it. And I ripped it. It was a left. Yep. And I Ripped it, and it knuckled, and it went in the back corner that the goalie, uh, Nick yeah. Romano, didn't see it until after. So, and we went up 1-0, and crazy things, my parents were in the sidelines. If you see the video, I, I run directly yeah. where they were at, and I was actually trying to, you know, celebrate with them because they had came in town for that. I mean, and, and then after that, it went downhill, and we ended up, we ended up losing 3-2, and... You know, credit, they still, they had a good team, and we, we fought back, and that was probably the, one of the first games that I felt like 
I couldn't get up. Like, I, I literally, after we lost, I just sat there. I, could, I couldn't move because I was that exhausted from the running. And that was just, just the fuel. That's when uh, Freddie Adu was on the team, no, on yep. DC United? Of course, that his rookie year? That was his rookie year. Uh, with a was... rookie coach, Peter Novak, uh, who's a really good, he was a good player. And I think he was a better, actually, he was a better coach. So, and they, and they had a good team. You know. um, so, would you say that's the highlight of, uh, like, your career, that MLS Cup game? Uh, you scoring that goal? Um, no, I mean, there's one that's closer. Uh, in 05, I was selected to represent MLS uh, to play against Real Madrid in, in 05 at the Santiago Bernabeu. Okay. Um, I think that's probably, I mean, you get, I didn't, how many people get a chance to play oh, in the Bernabeu, oh, oh. Bernabeu to begin with, but I mean, I got to play against two of my idols. I mean, Roberto Carlos, because he's a left back. And I actually, and, and obviously Zidane was the other one. Uh, okay. Those were my two guys that, and you know, but the crazy thing is that all my youth up in, even in regional, it wasn't until I got into U20 camp that they moved me to left back. So playing forward, forward all my whole youth. And then I get moved to left back. And it was because of the new system that we were running four back system and we we're doing the attacking from the wings and stuff like that. So my coach said, I want to try you there. At first, I was against it, and you know, I would tell my dad, I'm like, I don't like this position. He's like, you want to be on the bench? Right. Or you want to be on the field? Right, right. So you had the freedom to go up if you could yeah. and come back, but yep. you had to get back. I had to get back. Yeah. You look at that uh, D.C. United game, the MLS Cup, and it is packed. You <clears> see <throat> the passion in those fans, right? From them to now, have you seen that MLS game change as far as Passion, fans, has it grown? Is it? Uh... I think it's grown uh, tremendously, and I think it's great. You know, I think uh, everything's better from what I'm hearing, and it's obviously it's good. That's what you want. You want the game to grow. You want the parent players to get taken care of, and you want to see the fan base. You know, and but at the same time, us players, at you know, the players have to also show up. You know, they, they have to. They have to put a show. Whether you, you see it or not, we're entertainers. That's what people, people want to see a, sh a good show, a, a good game. You know, it's um, so, and, and I think athletes sometimes we forget that it's, you know, that whole, the whole team stuff, it's bigger than us. It's bigger than you. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you do, it, you know, any team, team sport, no one's bigger than the team. You cannot look at it that way. You have to look at it as you have to do your part. And if somebody's holding you accountable, don't take it personal. A lot of, a lot of people take that personal. You know, I've, I've been around all that. You know, guys thought they were bigger than, than the team. And they thought they were, they were special. And they thought they could get special treatments. And it doesn't work that way. There's probably only a few here in Dallas-Fort Worth that have been to the top level and gotten there like yourself. Now, you're a coach. You've got your own club. What made you decide to say, you know what, now it's time for me to give back to the community. I want to start my own club. I want to teach these kids the right path and how to play the game. Well, I mean, I think I've always been a big community guy. Um, even, in, even, in, even in my career, I won two uh, humanitarian awards, um, one for the league and one for my team one year. And, and 
if there's one of the proudest awards that I, I'm going to be proud of is those. Because um, that's just who I am. I've always been a community guy. And even when I played, I've done free clinics for kids um, in the hood, you know, in Kansas City, Colorado. Um, I even did a camp for um, with the founda- uh, U.S. Foundation uh, when Katrina hit. You know, so they, I, they asked me and I said, yes, I'm in. I'll, I'm there. What can we do to, to, to help these kids? And when I go into whether speaking engagements or clinics and stuff, what I try to, what I'm hoping, I don't hope to reach every single one kid. I hope just to reach one. If I can reach one and they can understand, and I tell them I come from the same background as you, and I made it, you can make it too. Was it easy? No, it was not easy. Is it going to be easy? It's not going to be easy. But if you keep pushing and working towards it, you eventually will see the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, do, do you see that it's, I mean, I know it's still hard. Soccer isn't easy. Um, but you talk about it wasn't easy. That's because the resources that are available now weren't available to you today. So you think that kids these days have more of an advantage uh, because of social media. You're, you're, you can put your highlights out there. You can, it's easier to send them, you know, and you see less and less scouts on the sidelines because I'm sure you growing up, there was a lot more scouts. There was a lot more funding for people to actually go see you. Now it's based on the internet, what they see you and what they post. Do you, do you I, don't, see it? I don't think there was more scouts back then. I think there was fewer scouts. Okay. I think there's more scouts now, and I think there's more opportunities now. And, and that goes with change. That goes with generation. Um, do I regret it? No. I, I just think that I don't look at it. I don't look at what I've accomplished and what I've done and what the game gave me, whether it was 10 years or eight years or even 20, I mean, or one or five. I look at it as, did I give my best in those 10 years that I was given? Yes, I did. And for that, I will forever be grateful. So that's when the whole club started, and I want to give back, right? And I started, started Wizards back in 02 when I was still playing because at 1920, I knew I wanted to be a coach when I got done playing. I, I knew that instantly. I wanted to either work with some type. I didn't know what age group yet, but I knew that I wanted to do that. So my father started it at the time. My nephews were, 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 were young at the time. So we started those two teams with them. You know, and then it grew to five. And then by 2010, I came home. I jumped on. Took on my 2000s and my 90, uh, 2000s and 01s and 02s. I had, a, I think, like four teams. But my main team was my 2000s. And that team was really good. And then I picked up a 2001 after that. And those two teams were like the, the head waivers of the club that really good teams. You know, Obviously, Wizards, we always had good teams. But the ones that made the noise when it really mattered, it was those two teams. And so, you know, with that, you know, it just, it, it was one of those where I was burnt out, right? I got burnt out with Wizards, you know, and um, obviously the South is, it's different. 
La raza don't like to pay. We all know that. But, you know, and it's one of those where it just drained me. It drained me completely, and I just said, the hell with this. It's not worth it. So I was in, 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 a, in, a, in a deep, I wouldn't say depression, but it was one of those, what do I do now? You know, when all you as a player, all you know is wake up, go train till 12, you're home, and then you pick up a training session here and there every now and then. And then when you, you, you don't have that anymore, what, do you, what, what am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? So for me, it was one of those, okay, so what am I going to do? And, but, and then MLS didn't have the resources to help you, us players, back then when we were already at the end of our careers. You know, if you didn't have the back end of the school or your education, you know, then obviously you're going to have to find a way to figure out, figure it out. And my kids at the time were babies, so I was like, I'm done. I'm just going to focus, take time off. And I worked on myself and, you know, and, 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 and helped myself mentally, you know, physically, spiritually. And by the time I realized my son was four and I said, let's go. And I, and I went into this, into this saying, I just want to coach my kids. I just wanted to coach my kids up until they were old enough. And I said, off to, because I was done. I was, to be honest, I don't know if I was done with the club stuff. I just knew that at that moment, it wasn't, I didn't want it. Like, I didn't want that headache and I didn't want that, you know, so I said, I'm not going to do it. Well, then you start with one team, right? You built that one team, then you get the second team and then... Hey, coach, can you make us 13, man? Coach, can you make 16s? And can you make 15s? You know, and then by the time you realize it's year five and, you know, the club is, what, eight, eight, nine teams now and, you know, close to 80 kids in the program. and That's right now. That's right now. So when did you start Supra? Five years ago. Five years ago, and you've got 80... About 80 kids. In the program. And growing. Mm -hmm. How hard is that? Like, when you... 80 kids, you got Tommy, Johnny, Joe, and then it's like, this kid, this kid, they can't play, but they're talented, but they don't understand the financial part of it, and uh, the field you got to pay for, and the resources it takes to keep all this together. But you know what's funny is that parents think that I'm making all this money. Right. That's what people don't realize. It's, and parents don't realize that there's more to this mm -hmm. than just you paying me a monthly you know, and, and, and for, for me, I work a full-time job. So for me, I don't do, soccer don't pay my bills. My job pays, is able to pay that. So luckily now that I moved north, uh, and obviously, I mean, I can talk about this it's years now, but Wizards in the, what, let's say eight years I gave it, I got paid one full year out of five teams, so do the math. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, that, and that means that in all the course of those eight years or whatever years you're talking about, I had, I went through one season where one team did not pay me at all but one month. And I just said, I'm done. And for me, that was hard. That was hard for me to do. Because it's like I gave it everything and it still didn't work out. So 
for me, I don't like people telling me no. I'm like, no, let's see what, how we can do it. And that's probably like the stubborn young me that was like, no, I can get it. I can get it. Now me? The now me? If it, if it causes too much conflict and too much headache and too much drama, bye. bye. It's that simple now for me. So it's either you're in my program and you're part of the program, great. If you're not, I'm not going to hold anybody back. Because I believe that if you're in it and, you, and you're willing to trust me and trust the process, then, let's, then ride with me. You know, I'm going to help and guide your kid. And you're probably going to be upset at me. You're probably not going to understand what I'm doing. And that's fine. You know, but I know what I'm doing. Like, I see the game. I'm seeing the game way different than a lot of parents see it. For me, it's not, it's not typically, I feel that every game that I coach or in every one of my kids play, you, you can learn from me. Right? One thing I tell my son, you don't lose. You win and you learn. Those are the two things you're always going to tell yourself. You learn and you win. What are you going to learn? How? What can you? And we have our conversations on the, on the ride, you know, and he'll tell me. And the, the thing about him is, and that I admire, and difference from him to me at, at his young age is he's already doing stuff that I wasn't doing until I got into like a, my older age, you know, and so it's, it's great to see. And, and it's fun. Like, it's fun to be able to, to coach him and, 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 and see him. And, and the one thing that he, had to, that he had to learn was that separate the, the relationship from, from father to coach, you know? So now he's understanding it. I, How do you manage that? How do you manage that? I'm not going to be too pushy, but I got to get in his ass. But maybe I'm being too pushy. Like, how do you manage that threshold of, I can't push too hard, but I do need to push because I know he can do it. It's just, you, you just got to know him. You got to know your son, you know? And sometimes you don't want to push. And before, in the beginning, yeah, I, was, I would push. But I pushed my oldest daughter way more than that. But I, and she didn't understand that until she got older now. And she's asked me. And she's like, but why did you push me so hard? Because you were playing against boys. So I had to get you to train and play like a boy, not a girl. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. The speed of play, the, the, everything is way different when you play with boys to girls. You know? So, and, 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 and for me, with him, it's sometimes you have to let them <clears throat> fail. It's okay if they fail. It's okay. It's, it's not the end of the world. Because if, if things don't go their way, we can correct that. We can have a conversation. What are we going to do about that? What can you do to help yourself you got to hold them accountable as well. Not too much, but also have conversations with them. Because kids nowadays are smarter. They're smart. So you trying to feed them something, they're going to see it. So instead of lying to them, talk to them. Mm-hmm. Have a conversation with them. Sit them down. You know, and that's the one thing I did with my son. I had to sit him down to understand because he would take it personal when I would take him out. Or I would get onto him. Or I didn't pick him to take the shot when I knew somebody else could do it better. And it doesn't, didn't mean that they were better. It just meant that I was trying to do 
what I would typically would do with any of my teams is that coach, you know, and so, and, and, and that goes with maturity, you know, as they grow, you just got to keep, you just got to keep getting them to understand that, you know, and, and to have your conversations with them and, and your expectations and, and what, and, and, and let them like, let them tell you what their expectations for themselves is, but also hold them accountable because we can always say, yeah, yeah, we, they, he said that he wants to do X, Y, Z. But then, you know, kids, it turns off, on, it's like a light switch. You know, at the moment, that's what they're talking. But then out when, they, when they're playing their little PS5s or they're hanging out with their buddies or whatever, it, it's all gone. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, a, it's a balance, you know. But real quick, man, I want, I'm going to put you in the tough seat. Your son. A problem that I have with a lot of these teams, these clubs, is you hear about the top four clubs here in, the, in North Texas, right? The top four. Yeah. Why the top four? Because they have the resources, right? They have the networking, the resources to get the kid to the next level, right? Because there's a top. So as your son, as your son... Like, within your academy, and I'm not saying you don't have the resources because you've played professionally, you went through the system, you played here locally competitive. Where, where, where are you going to hold on to your How far are you going to hold on to your son, you know, before you release him to a bigger club that can provide him those resources? Dad still has the connections. Dad can still make some calls for his son. Right. But... The sport you, to continue developing. You have your you have your plan, right? But or are you gonna be that dad, that coach that's gonna be like, "This is my son. I'm gonna hold on to him as long as I can." No, I don't plan on holding him onto okay. him. I just feel that right now, at his young age, because your son's a baller, it, that I'm the right guy for him right. right now. Because there's still a lot of soccer that I have to teach him. There's still a lot of stuff that we still have to, I still have to see. And I just feel like when the, when the right time is, it'll tell me. But I also know that I'm very picky on who I'm going to give them to. Right. Which you should. Um, so, you know, obviously the big clubs have the resources. Are they going to make them better? No. Because... Clubs want to take credit for players, and they say they made them. You don't make, and, and coaches like say this a lot. I don't even make players. I don't ever say I make players because because I don't. What did I do? I helped them guide them. I helped them guide them. There's a difference. I helped develop. Yes, but you can't you can't make anybody. Do something that they don't want. So, for instance, if my son doesn't want to play soccer and he doesn't push, it all starts within that player. So if that player trusts that coach, they'll do anything. They'll, they'll run through a wall. So you'll never hear me say that I made a player, ever. I helped and guide them. And if a player comes to me and thanks me, that was you. I didn't make you because all these drills that I did, I didn't make you do them. 
you showed up every day. You did your best every day. So you doing that, little by little you started, right? Was it a team concept? Yes. But individually, you got to see it as well, right? So for me, it's, it's how can you keep, because the times from Wizards to now, generations is different. And Roger knows this, but obviously I was a big yeller back then. I'm still a yeller, and I'm, I still demand, and I want, but I'm not screaming off the top of my lug anymore, you know? So, so for me, it's, I'm not going to want it more than the, than the kids. I'm not going to want it more than my teams. So if at the end of the day, my kids as a collective whole don't want it, that's fine. You know, like, I'm not going to, and I always tell my son, and I've, I've been like this with my oldest daughter, and I'm, I'm still with him the same, and even my, my, my daughter, Nevi, you know. You don't want to play? Don't play. Don't play for me. Mm-hmm. Don't play for me. Play because that's what you want to play. Or if you want to play tennis, or you want to play baseball, or you want to play football, or golf, whatever. But whatever it is you're going to do, you're going to commit, you're going to do your best, you're going to be disciplined. You're going to hold. It's going to be the same, same core values for me. Yeah. And so for me, it's, 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 it's that, you know, like when I, when, when I, when I approach how I coach, how I, I start with me, right? Me as, as the leader of, of Supra, I take accountability of everything because everything that happens within the club is, is, is on me. Even, if, even to the point where if, if a parent messes up, I address that, that matter right there and then. There's no, we're not going to talk about it because I just feel if you, can, if you can show that you care to these parents and address the issues that you have, then the relationship is going to be a lot better. You know what I mean? So I always tell them there's, no, there's, no, there's nothing too big or too small that we can't face together. It's the same thing I tell my kids. From what you've learned with Wizards and now with Supra, What's your vision for Super now? Because I know, you know, it's going to get to a point where you're going to have to give a team away or somebody's going to have to go somewhere because of the growth. What is your vision for Super now? I mean, the vision is just... And should leagues hold you back? <laughs> uh, nothing holds me back anymore. I mean, back then, I would hold it. Now I'm going to be the first one to admit. Right? But now, for me, it's... it's what, can the, what can this these big clubs offer to my kids that I can't obviously all the other platforms that they can offer but for me it's give them the opportunity and the looks with the national teams you know all these it look for me it's the exposure right for me it's the exposure whether it's national teams getting looks by colleges you know, because I tell all my kids, college is the, right, the way to go. If you have the chance to go to school, go. And I, my, I, I went with the same thing with my nephew. You know, he was in the FC Dallas Academy. He played with, under Lucci. Okay. Right before Lucci went, made the jump. And, you know, Lucci had him that one year. Then Molina had him the following year. And <clears throat> they wanted him to come out. And he calls me. You know, he asks me, he's like, what do you think? I'm like, for what? 
What do I think about what? Coming out? For what? What's the hurry? And he had UNC knocking at his door. And SMU. I said, dude, you got, one of the, you got two of the biggest schools in the country knocking at your door, giving you free education. Why not take it? I said, no, well, it's because... And he, 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 and he, know, and, I, and he told me, but you came out. Yeah, but my, mine was different. Right? I, that was taken from me. It wasn't something that I chose, I chose not to do. I said, so what I'm telling you is the league will still be there in three years, will be there in two years, and it will be there in four years when you get done. Go to school, enjoy being a college student, play, play collegiately, enjoy it. You're ready to come out? Come out whenever you're ready. But you're going to have to. And I told him, you're worth more coming out of college than you are coming out of high school. For sure. And he went to school. Is that where you tell Shavi when he's, it's time? Yeah. That's the same thing I'm going to tell him. Unless, and, I, and, and, and obviously, and, and I bring this up because I remember Weston McKinney when I saw him play at 15. Um, he played with my nephew. And I was like, wow, that kid's going to be good. He had a full scholarship to go to UVA. He had committed, but last minute, he got a phone call to go to Germany. With Schalke. Mm-hmm. With Schalke. They offered him 900 Now, that? Is a, the only time I would tell my son, go. Because those clubs like that don't come knocking every day. You mentioned something that he, you were like, he's got something off of seeing him. For the parents listening, what is that key thing that every player should have so that makes them, their IQ in soccer, elevate from other players? What did he have? that other kids should strive to have? Passion. You got to have passion. For me, that's, that's number one. You got to be passionate. Because when you, when you have passion and love for something, there's no, there's no, there's no count, there, there's no, um, how can I say this? You're never going to not want to work towards it. You know what I mean? So for me, it's like, if some, and that's the thing, and I've done this with many young men when I was, uh, and I've also coached at UPSL level, and I had, and I told them, if I had, if I could offer one of you guys a contract at the end of the season, I guarantee you all of y'all will be here at 5 a.m., but because I don't have that, you guys want to show up when you want to. You guys don't want to work. You guys, you guys need to work as if the opportunity is going to present. Why? Because when the opportunity does, you're ready. So you have to train as if that opportunity will never come because when it does come, you're going to be ready. There's nothing not to be ready about. Right? Because at the end of the day, 
It's like I tell all these young players, you never know who's watching. Yep, I always say that. You got to be the first one to show up, last one to leave. Put in the work, man. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, that's 100% agree, man. Y'all, y'all are checking out No Red Cards Podcast. We got my man, Jose Burciaga Jr. here from Supra. Uh, you know, and uh, we're about that time, right? Yes, but before we go, let people know where they can find you. The club, if they got kids who want to go check out the system, they check out the club. Your the ages you have. And, um, yeah. We have uh, U4s all the way up to U11s. So uh, Supra social media is Supra FC 18. Um, you can look it up, dog. You can look it up. <laughs> Put me on the spot like that, bro. <laughs> no, I mean, but, you know, Manny, I mean, it's great, you know, when you hear... You know, all of our guests that we've had so far, you know, I mean, just listening to the different coaches. Yeah. You know, he, he's the first one that actually has played professionally, uh, had made it to that level and just hear him talk, you know, and from his point of view as a professional player. Right. And the adversity that he went through, because if you notice all of the coaches, the guests that we've had have had that adversity. You know, I mean, from what I hear from Jose is his career got cut short because of his injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he had to end his career pretty early. You know, I mean, no, too, my, too, my, too my, my career did not end it because of my, my injuries. My career ended early because of the recession. Okay. So when I became a free agent, my second round of my contract was when we were, we were in a recession. So there was no money in MLS. Very little. Oh. So I took my, I tried to go to Mexico. And I went a few times to Mexico. But for me, I wasn't budging because I was under the impression that MLS told me if I did X, Y, Z, and I did, which was make a roster, do well. My second round of my contract, I was team MVP, best 11, Runner-up for best defender of the year. I was selected by MLS to go represent to play in the Santiago de Ravel. I was all-star selected. So you mean to tell me all those, all those attributes and stuff that I, that I, that I did, you still can't take care of me? So for me, I took it as a personal shot. Right? So... Then I tried to go to Mexico. But when I came back, MLS was still there, but they kept wanting to give me less money. And I said, okay, give me less money, but give me more, more years guaranteed. And I wasn't budging. I felt like I, if you cannot give me the money that I want, then give me more, more years guaranteed because at least I know I'm guaranteed for four years or five years, whatever the, whatever the, the, the clause was going to be. So, I mean, and it is, I mean, am I upset about it? Nah. Could, could I have still played a little bit longer? Yeah. Of course, we all can. But, I mean, cards were dealt. I mean, could I have, could I have wrote it a little bit different? Yeah, but, I mean, dude, how many people get a chance to do what they love? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I did. For sure. You know what I mean? So, um, but the Supra page is Supra underscore United underscore FC. Um, also, you know, it, I also do privates, uh, JB6 elite training, so... Um, I, I'm not I'm not the 50 kids type guy. I'm more the small clientele, 
I focus on a certain amount and I, and I, and I close. I don't take any more. I do small groups. I do team trainings as well. Um, and I don't charge, like, I charge market price and sometimes even under market. Just because for me, it's, it's, it's not about the money. For me, it's just, obviously, you know, you want to get paid for your time and gas and all that. Is this Frisco is, market or is this Oak Cliff market? No, this is... is uh, <laughs> There's two different markets. Oh, hey, it's, it's my market. It's, it's, the, it's the reasonable market, you know what okay. I mean? Yeah. So, and, and for me, I don't look at it that way. You know, I don't look at it just because you're from Frisco, I'm going to charge you a loop. And I don't, I don't look at it. I look at it as the longevity. You know, for me, it's when I talk to a client or a parent. Okay, so how, what are we looking at? Six months? Six weeks? And I tell them straight up, price varies. If you commit to me three months, it varies. You know, it, I give you a better rate when you commit to me because I feel that if I'm going to work and invest time in somebody, I need the commitment on the other side because I'm willing to commit to you for X, X amount of time that you need me, but I need the same in return. Because you get these parents that they, they'll come and they want to do one session and then they're like, oh, coach, we'll catch you next week. Then they don't hit you up. Yeah. And then, and then it, I, I like to do away from those and I wanna, I'd rather work with the ones that, and I tell them straight up, hey, if, if that price is not good, let me know, please. I can, we can work something out. Like, you know, and, and if, I mean, if it means I have to go down to help a kid, I'm never going to say no, dude. And that's one thing people, you can ask people that know me, I'm not about the money. Because if, if I was about the money, I would be with the big club. So for me, it's just the longevity and, and, and to be able to help any kid that needs to help. The girl, whether it's confidence, you know. You know a lot, my program, too, is, that I do a lot is mental training. You know, I do a lot of the mental, mental pre preparation. I do that with all my teams. I do a lot with, with my son. So when I train them... I train them to the point where they get, they, they get to the point where they want to quit. But that's where the mental training comes yeah. in for me. And I was like, no, you're not going to stop. You're going to focus. And then you're going to give me five straight good passes. If you mess up one, we're going to keep going until you get it right. And it's little by little. And it's brick by brick. And that's where you start seeing the kids, you know, gain the confidence that they need. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, man. So uh, once again, No Red Cards Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media, No Red Cards uh, Podcast uh, on Instagram, Facebook. And obviously, you know, you can check out the podcast and all the uh, social media platforms out there. Spotify, Amazon, Apple, all that good stuff. And once again, man, appreciate your time, bro. Uh, like always, man, always, you know, like you say, there's always somebody watching. And what I tell people, man, is like I'm always watching you know, all the different coaches and, you know, you're always that guy that's been straight up like, you know, uh, this past May at the tournament is like, bro, you know, I don't even have to ask. I, hey, I still ask like, hey, man, I need a team to go. Bro, go ahead. Put me up there. Put me. He, he does not back away. He does not back away. And he'll tell me he's like my boys aren't ready, but they're about to get shook and yep. about to see if you need if you really need me and you don't have another team to go. up. All right, cool. Put me up there. He goes, but. They're not ready. I'm telling you they're not ready, but they're going to get a little wake-up call. And he doesn't back down, man. And there's not a lot of coaches out there because he doesn't change the trophies. You know, I know that for a fact. You know, like a lot of North Texas coaches out there that chase, they're trophy chasers. You got parents. parents that are trophy chasers, yeah. you know, and they forget about the game. They forget about what he just talked about this past 
hour, passion, you know, the grit, put in the time and all that stuff, you know. So you keep doing what you're doing, brother. And, you know, you know, you got our support and, uh, you know, appreciate yes, the time. You. And uh, y'all check us out next time. Are we uh, back? Are we back? back? I don't know. You tell me, fool. You know, you're the one that's always... Uh... Are you going to play the AC? <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah, actually, since we have sponsors now, I'm going to need oh, hey, this a mini split here. in here. And, well, then maybe I can come back when yes. it's cooler in here. <laughs> this guy. Hey, hey, December. What, hey, what happens, bro? When the guests leave, that's when the AC kicks in. Bro. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It, it needs a little time to kick in, bro. That's a little time. This is No Red Card Podcast, and I don't even know what number. It's just like 10, 11, who knows what it is. But we'll see you guys on the next one. Jose, thanks for it, man. Uh, see you guys on the next one. Yep. Yeah.